All right, everybody, today we are talking chess.com. A little bit of a aggressive title, is chess.com evil? Uh, I had this on the agenda for a long time, something I wanted to talk about. And at this point, I thought the deal with Play Magnus wasn't actually, it would be done by now, but that's still going through. That's still happening. Uh, we'll talk about maybe it won't happen. We'll talk about the chances a little bit of that. But I do feel, nevertheless, this is a huge turning point in chess.com's development and a lot of what its future identity will be i think is going to be decided in this phase uh we'll talk a little bit about that and the first just very basic topic is if this deal goes through is it is chess.com then a monopoly we'll talk a little about that as well very interesting discussion maybe just a tidbit that i think is fascinating about this is if this deal does not go through where chess.com buys Play Magnus. By the way, let me just do a little historical background. Play Magnus was in a huge fight with chess.com as to who would be the king. They were having a king of the hill thing. And what did Play Magnus do? They bought everything. They bought all these little publishers. They bought Chess24. They bought Chessable. And we're talking like uh, my friend runs a, a kid's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a kid's you know, teaching arrangement in DC where they teach in the schools, that kind of thing. They bought that. They bought everything. So what did they do? They bought it also at the wrong, they were very aggressive and they bought it at the wrong time. And so then they crashed and burned. <laughs> that is why, that is why chess.com is now acquiring them. That is why we're now having this discussion about the monopoly. It really was in a lot of ways, play Magnus's decisions that led us to this point. Okay, so one tidbit I wanted to bring up just to kind of frame what we're doing, and I'm going to pass it to these guys, is we've learned that the antitrust division of the Justice Department is has contacted several chess players, influencers, whatever you want to call them, and wants to interview them about to what extent they feel this deal would constitute a monopoly. So that's one reason why this might not happen. It also, whether it happens or not, it's like a great indication of like, well, even the Justice Department thinks this might be a monopoly. All right, what do you guys think? Yeah, um, wow, a lot there. <laughs> so first off, like on on this question, like this, this uh, topic, like is chess.com evil? I feel like that's, it's a little harsh. I think it's like the, the wording there is definitely strong. Um, but on purpose, I mean, you know, it's Jesse's idea and that's fine. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, yeah, happy to discuss it. I think people do have a lot of legitimate grievances uh, with chess.com. Um, but uh, yeah, evil to me is like a very, uh, very strong word. Um, right. I think nowadays it seems um, like in general, when people are trying to make a point or or convey something they i think we've evolved to just use very very strong language for mm. for whatever reason because we're always trying to like win the debate or win the discussion or uh or whatever um so uh yeah i guess we'll get into a lot of stuff i feel like there definitely are things um that chess.com can be criticized for from like different perspectives like whether they're getting uh, too big or whether they're too like cutthroat as a business or, or what have you um, but then there's like also like a lot of like minor things where, yeah, people like 
end up, you know, getting like their pitchforks out and like they start writing essays about it. And I really feel like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's like not, not really huge, uh, huge potatoes. Um, so yeah. Um, actually I should note me and David, we did a whole dojo talks earlier when the first news broke that chess.com was going to buy play Magnus. So people can definitely go listen to that to kind of hear like our, uh, I guess hour long thoughts, um, when that first happened. Um, but just to like summarize what I was thinking back then, uh, I definitely felt like it's a big deal. Like, I mean, chess.com is buying, uh, you know, arguably their biggest competitor uh, by far. And it already seemed like a market where it was like chess.com versus chess24. And then, of course, there's like Lee Chess as well, but definitely not like, uh, you know, competitor in the the money sense. Um, And yeah, so them buying chess24 is huge. um, And I definitely felt like they could absolutely be turning into a monopoly. Um, I think David was saying that it's maybe not so simple. There's still Leeches, there's still like YouTube. Um, so there's still uh, plenty of other chess communities that are competitive with uh, with chess.com. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I should also say to me, it wasn't clear that them buying Play Magnus was a bad thing. Um, because if the alternative was that Play Magnus just goes under and everyone loses their job and then all the sites get shut down, then I don't see how that would be great for the the chess world. I imagine Chessable, you know, probably stays open. They seem pretty, pretty profitable. But yeah, if all the other sites just like shut down and play Magnus, like shut down all their operations, I think that would be very, very sad. So chess.com buying them and then uh, helping them keep like the the play Magnus brand alive in some sense, like I think, uh, yeah, might be better than than the alternative, though a lot of people were very, uh, uh, very upset by it. All right, uh, over to David. Okay, um, a lot of things there. I mean, for one thing, capitalism just tends towards monopolies, period, right? So like as Costa says, it's not about chess.com buying people or not buying people. Like it's just it's just the inherent nature of it, right? Play Magnus was going to disappear or be absorbing. Mean, things tend that way. And I would say that chess.com is not yet a monopoly, but I would still say that, you know, they look poised to be a monopoly at some point, potentially, right? I mean, they're they're a competitor for eventually having this monopoly. But as Kosti alluded to, I think there are three important competitors to chess.com still. They are Lee Chess, um, Twitch, and YouTube. And right now, I think that chess.com has not fully realized that their true competition is Twitch and uh, and YouTube. And so they are currently losing that fight. Uh, just like the working class is currently losing the fight to the capitalist class because the capitalist class is waging class warfare against them and the working class doesn't fully seem to realize it. So when you're not even fighting the war against your true opponent, then you know, you're know you going to tend to lose it. So I think chess.com is definitely not a monopoly right now. Um, hmm. I think, I think Twitch and YouTube are, 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 you know, gaining more and more market share in terms of chess, uh, education compared to five and 10, uh, years ago. Mm. So, uh, it's not, you know, but at the same time as I would say, they're clearly not a monopoly. Um, I would say that they have an unhealthy market share. So, I mean, I think it's a bad 
it's a bad thing. Okay. First, I guess I should defend my intuition in calling this show it's just.com evil. Um, first of all, I just want to say on a personal level, I don't really, especially when it comes to persons, I don't believe in evil. I think that's like a inheritance of our religious, you know, religious past that we use that word. Um, well, if you're but, just clickbaiting, Jesse, then I think you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, though, my intuition tends that way, where I think it's an interesting, or at least my intuition thought it was an interesting framing, was that they have, they are, they already were doing certain practices that seemed unhealthy and even counterproductive that we're going to get into. And then when, now when they buy this thing, I think it puts them in the position to perhaps even accelerate those bad practices. Um, in our own experience, it's just the little fish in the pond, right? They don't let us stream on leeches or, or on chessable or whatever it was. And there were certain, like, let's say, unhealthy things like that that they were doing that I think are going to accelerate. In particular, like, they bought Play Magnus, maybe at a too high of a price, and now they're going to have to, once this deal goes through, they're going to have to fire everybody at Chessable and everything just to make it work, right? And that's going to become a really weird thing. Uh, and so, you know... I think, by the way, I totally disagree with David. I think they're definitely a monopoly. Now we can, I think the only way you could accept David's uh, framing of it is if you were thinking about like eyes on screens. But if you think about who's playing on whatever app, well, they own them. <laughs> and that's where most of the chess is happening. People playing Blitz online. Well, there's also I mean, lead chess for playing. Right. But when we talk about market share, we're talking about who makes money and Lee just doesn't make any money. So but uh, they're that's but they're still competing I mean. for your your they're competing for your users. And if they get all the users, then chess.com makes no money. I'm just saying when I define monopoly, I think about market share. And market share is who's making money and Lee just isn't making money. So that's why to my mind what percent of the users do you have? Well, I, well we disagree on that. Okay. I think it's okay. who's making Continue money. Then. You know, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I mean, chess.com could be making uh, all like all of the chess money, and then it could still be like 50 50 or 60 40 or 70 30 of people playing like on one side or or the other. But and, yeah. and the analogy that I like is to compare it with the news space where you got Wikipedia is very similar to Lee Chess, run by users, fed by donations. And imagine though, imagine a world where then outside of Wikipedia, it was just one news group, whether it was Fox or CNN or whatever it was, imagine it was just one news group that had all the news. It would be like, oh no, that's obviously a monopoly. Um, and, you know, we can, I guess the thing about, let me just stress again. So the thing I'm saying about, is it evil is, is this, buy that's presuming we're presuming it's going to happen is it going to encourage bad behavior and that's really all i meant by evil right is it going to encourage further bad behavior from chess.com and also the other reason i framed it that way is let's face it we are in a tribal warfare now that was platform staged with the neiman magnus controversy where we have loads of angry people who are on the Lee chess side 
And then you've got people who are sympathetic with Magnus and mild, only mildly sympathetic to chess.com. And so those people definitely see chess.com as evil. And so one of the things about being evil, right? It's not just about what you do, but it's how you are perceived. And that's definitely a feature of what's happening here. And if they buy Play Magnus, as it seems they're going to, then they will be increasingly seen as evil. <laughs> so that's why I put it that way, right? There's a variety of ways in which this is not going to be to chess.com's benefit because they're going to be seen as this ogre on the top of the hill, especially then when they do their exclusivity things where it feels like they're this ogre and they're just slapping everybody down. No, Jesse, you can't stream on me, Chess. No puzzle storm for you. You know, it's like... You've already won, boss. You've already won. <laughs> you know, give me a break. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good point, Jesse, that like you're using a word that you've seen other people use online and that there's like a faction of people who think like that. So that so you're referring to that whole debate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a danger of that, what you just mentioned. And um, I think, right, I think that's what people are rightly afraid of. Um yeah, I, as usual, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of think like the truth is like somewhere in the middle. Um, like, yeah, I don't think, definitely don't think the people working at Chess.com, any of them, are individually evil or even bad people. I think most of them, everyone I met, are actually quite, quite good, decent people. But yeah, when you work for like a business and you have to put like the business interests, you know, kind of first, then yeah, I can imagine people can be driven to do all sorts of things that are maybe like you know uh, ethically or morally questionable in in the business world um so yeah i mean again that's kind of the danger i think there's no issue if like chess.com is like a benevolent monopoly right? a benevolent dictator uh -huh. um which uh you know see i think people are rightly um are right to be skeptical of that um for like any kind of like big big business or or whatever but um yeah you have to ask yourself if that's a possible thing a benevolent dictator <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely like is there a historical example of it well <laughs> or a benevolent monopoly i think um right obviously it's uh no i think i think it is possible i think there are good people out there the issue is just like you know there's many people working and um many different incentives driving and it's like it really feels like the whole system that's driving the evil practices versus again individual people being like you know waking up and like today i want to be evil towards the the chess world um so yeah but then the other side of it is just uh you know it's just like today's culture where everything just like immediately gets like overblown and um everything is is turned into uh, a mountain um, and then it's hard to take like the the actual criticisms seriously because it, it's like it just feels like it just comes with so much noise um, about other stuff that uh, yeah it's very hard to very hard to parse through what actually matters. Um, so yeah, maybe we should get into like some of the actual stuff that like Chess.com has done or. <laughs> Yeah, and, and one one detail I wanted to mention, and David turned us on to this right before the show started, is Chess.com had basically sold about 50% of itself to the private equity firm at the well, we end of what, last We week. don't know what percent. 
Oh, okay. It was like a substantial investment. A substantial was- investment, excuse me. So, and I didn't know about that, which I thought was kind of interesting that I didn't know about that. Kosi didn't know about that either. And yeah, I was so surprised. You guys are chess people. <laughs> I don't think, I think a lot of people listening to this probably didn't know that either. And I'm kind of wrapping my head around it still like, okay, well, what does that mean? And obviously, I guess the obvious thing it means is some private equity firm has an idea of either potentially eventually buying everything of chess.com, or they have an idea of how the future of the company should look. And so the original drivers being Eric and a couple other people there at chess.com, you know, could essentially have the wheel of the vehicle taken away from them, which is, I assume, what a private equity firm would be interested in doing, you know, regardless of whatever stake they have in it now, it seems like they have some kind of end game, if you will, (laughs) what they want to (laughs) do. Yeah. So anyways, I just, I'll just leave that out there if someone wants to respond to it, but I'm I'm still working through what that means for chess.com. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in theory, it could mean depending on what kind of a stake General Atlantic has in theory, it could mean that General Atlantic could dictate how chess.com is run. Right. Right. Like let's say somebody like Danny is like, I want to spend this much money on like creating fun chess events for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they do some analysis and they're like, well, it's not really like worth it for us. It doesn't make a profit for us to like run this global chess championships, but we have whatever, let's say we have $10 million in profit. We can just give away a million back to, you know, the top professionals just because, you know, Danny and Eric and whoever feels like it, you know, because they like other chess players. And then in theory, someone from General Atlantic, who's not a chess player and doesn't care about right. Jan Nepomniachtchi's paychecks, yeah. might just be like, nah, <laughs> this, this, like, you know, you got to cut out this kind of thing. So in right. theory, something like that could happen, but we don't, we don't yet know we have we we don't even know who in General Atlantic would make any decisions mm-hmm. or what decision making power they have, you know, what um what what their stake is, how many votes they would have, et cetera. I mean, what we do know is that this past year, that you know, 2022, that they have had their stake. Uh, there hasn't been any obvious deviation in how chess.com functions. Like I haven't seen a difference between 2022 chess.com and 2021 chess.com. I'll, I'll give you a difference. They bought play magnets boss. <laughs> that's one difference. Yeah. That's one big thing. I mean, that's, that's, that's an event, but you know, yeah. one event on its own, I don't think it's necessarily something you could be like, Oh, that's totally not something that 2021 chess.com would have done. Like if play magnets had fallen, had, had decided to give up a year ago, would chess.com not have, been willing well arguably they might not have had the money back then either right i mean this is a huge investment that where they got cash from these people to do precisely something like buying playmatch yeah they may not have had the cash sitting around but you know would they have contemplated some kind of deal maybe so you know and there are other ways you could structure a deal like that like you could give people in play magnus some stock in the company that you're going to have after you buy them instead of giving them as much cash Right. right. Like you could right, right. be like, we'll get like, you've got 1% of play Magnus. We take over play Magnus. Now you've got, you know, 0.1% of chess.com or something, you know, to, mm-hmm. to an mm-hmm. individual holder. So there are other ways they could structure it, or they could have tried to find financing just for the deal. 
um, specifically, right? Like they could have borrowed money in order to acquire them, or they could have just bought Chessable, or they could have, you know, they could have done something. So I don't think that this move is inconsistent with the way chess.com has done business in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, should we go on to the, the next uh, the next question on, on Jesse's list? Yeah, so the next one I'll just introduce, uh, um, and that is the question, is chess.com either consciously or maybe even unconsciously trying to kill over the board chess? And what I mean by unconsciously is simply because it might be in their interest to kill over the board chess, they might be just directing things, directing the chess culture in such a way, because it's in their interest to, to basically destroy over the board chess or weaken it, we could say. You could say destroy or weaken. And so um, let's say some obvious things. In the pandemic, you had this huge growth of especially online play. When I go to tournaments now, there is a, a noticeable boost in numbers, but the percentage growth in over the board chess is far less than it is in the online sphere. The online sphere is just much bigger. And um, what I think is interesting is there's been a number of developments that make me worry about over the board chess. One being at the elite level, you have Magnus abdicating, which makes over the board chess like right now it's like, oh, we've talked about that before. I'm not going to go into it again. But I think that hurts the idea of over the board chess where you have a true world champion and you have like a system of a pyramid of people trying to crawl up to take the crown. Mm -hmm. Because then it creates a situation of like, well, what is the world championship? Is it maybe even something that happens online? And these events that chess.com stages, whether it's beginning with Title Tuesday and then all these other things they're doing, they are setting them up to be competition, essentially, with over-the-board play, which I think, and I think the Dodo training program sees as the true heart and soul of chess. And so in this way, and in, by the way, I don't think this is necessarily a question of it being evil. Maybe it affect, it might be affecting me in a negative way, but I don't think this is necessarily an evil thing that they're doing. But I do think it's a, um, in their interest to destroy over-the-board chess. And over-the-board chess simply has never had a lot of money. Wait, wait, you think it's in their interest to destroy it or not in their interest? No, I think it's, well, I would destroy is maybe too strong. You could say it's only in their interest to weaken it. Right. And simply, how would they do it? Well, if you make online chess legitimate, right, then all of a sudden you could say, oh, like this over the board thing, that's not the centerpiece of the chess world. No, it's this online competitions we have. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that is in their interest. And I think that's something they're striving for. And yeah, like I said, it's, to them, it might not even see it seem like a, a goal. It might just be like, well, that's a natural thing. Obviously, we're trying to do. Kostya, your thoughts on whether um, it's chess.com's <laughs> interest to destroy OTB? Sure, right. So yeah, let me, so yeah, two questions there, whether it's in their interest and then whether they're actually trying to do it or whether they've done it like inadvertently. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like uh, no and no, I think <laughs> for for me. Um, I, well, number one, I think if over the board chess is thriving, there's no reason why online chess won't also be thriving. Like over the board chess is rare, doesn't happen all the time. 
if I'm playing a lot of over the board chess, I'm also going to be playing a lot of online chess, like practicing, etc. Um, and I'm going to be following chess content. And yeah, if you're like an active tournament player and that's how you're spending your time, I think you're absolutely going to be more likely to like pay for chess content, follow chess content, etc. So I don't even see like over the board and online chess as being um, competitive uh, necessarily. Maybe competitive in terms of uh, attention. And um, I can definitely see where Jesse's coming from, kind of like uh, from this point of view, like where, yeah, if like if there aren't any like a lot of great like over the board events and people just migrate to online events and yeah, chess.com does great online events. They're doing this global chess championship right now, which I've been watching a bit in Toronto, which has just been like, uh, you know, incredible, just like totally like a step above and beyond anything I think they, they've done before. So they're clearly like investing a lot and they really believe in their product, which I think is um, uh, a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're like actively trying to to harm uh, over the board chess at all. I think on the contrary, I mean, they were sponsoring the, the FIDE Grand Swiss for a couple of years, which mm-hmm. led into the candidates. Um, and uh, I don't think they had to do that. And I think in general, these companies don't love working with FIDE. I don't know, it's just my perception of it. I feel like FIDE doesn't always treat like these online companies super well. Um, and uh, I don't know, if anything, it, it always feels like chess.com is like throwing them a bone. They're like, all right, you know, we, we understand over the board chess is important. Like you guys need help with like funding or with promotion here. Let us help you. Mm-hmm. Like we all love Magnus. You know, we love like the world championship. That's kind of just, that's just totally my perception. I could be way, way off on that. But um, so, yeah, I don't think they're trying to uh, harm over the board uh, chess. I think uh, right now, like, I think they're just trying to, uh, to thrive. And I feel like, um, the way they might even be helping things it's like it kind of does feel like they are a competitor actually to um like fide and just like over the board events again like in terms of the attention and it's now like pushing fide to like kind of up their their own game in terms of like promotion and marketing of their events um because they're often criticized for like having pretty pretty bad promotion like a tournament starts and like they didn't even announce that like the opening ceremony is going on or like like whatever you know whereas uh, with chess.com there's way more hype and and all this stuff when they're uh, promoting their events so so yeah so yeah no and no for me okay yeah i also think like okay there are some ways in which you some a a player could have a choice between playing otb or online and mm-hmm. a spectator could have a choice between watching an OTB event and watching an online event, right? Like you could choose to watch the FIDE women's um, candidates yeah. match, right? Or you could choose to watch the Global Chess Championship, right? And you're sort of choosing between an online event or an OTB event. Um, so that's two different kinds of customers, right? or markets that you would be competing for, right? The players and the spectators. So there is that element. But on the other hand, there's a very, very powerful element of like somebody who plays OTB is going to be more interested in chess.com's educational offerings, more interested in upgrading, more interested in buying chessable courses, et cetera, right? They're going to be like a more valuable user than somebody who basically plays for free online blitz games on your site forever and may actually cost your company a few pennies and not not provide any anything 
for you from like a profit perspective, right? So I, I, historically, at least, I believe chess.com's perspective has been that it's good for them if people play OTB. Like if a chess.com user goes and plays their first OTB tournament, I think financially that's a good thing for chess.com just because it ramps up by so much the chances that they spend money on chess. Um, makes them a more valuable user and a more sticky user. So I think although I can see some places where there can be competition, I think overall it's more likely to be like playing OTB is eating a cookie and then chess.com has got like the market on milk semi-cornered, you know? So they're like, go ahead and eat that cookie. <laughs> um, it's not a bad analogy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Jesse, you have some answering to do. <laughs> well, I also think it'll be interesting to look back on this discussion uh, years from now. And I feel like, um, you know, I over the board chess, besides there's been a demographic shift, like it's just different people that I see at the tournaments now. But overall, like if, if you go to a tournament now, you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, a chess boom has happened. You know, you wouldn't necessarily know that. But if you look, but but the online world, and we see this in our training program too. It's like we have so many people in our training program that have never played an over-the-board game. And there's this very interesting, let's call it addiction of and 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 habit, uh, getting uh, getting used to the online world where, yeah, chess.com has, let's just, but you can put it like this way, you know, um, all internet stuff whether it's facebook instagram it's all designed to suck you in and not never let you out that's what it's designed for that's a good design and so chess.com has created this environment where we have loads of people coming into the chess world who then get used to that app basically what it is right and they're playing all the time they're into the metrics of that app and so instead of it being the metrics of the over the board world no it's the metrics of this online world and it's addictive. And then people are like, wait, when you when you ask them what their rating is, they're like telling you their chess.com rating and not the over the board rating, right? So when, what I mean by looking back on it is like, is chess.com gonna create something equivalent to say the IM title, the GM title? Interesting question. I don't know. That would be interesting ways in which it's trying to say, look, our app is the center of all the world. And I think that's what these, that that's, that's in their interest. The <laughs> answer Jesse is they that. should. I've suggested that to them long ago. It would yeah. make a lot of money for them if they would have an online IM and GM title. Yeah, something like, you know, I mean, and, and that's what I do it. That's what well, I mean by like, you know, are they trying to kill over the board chess? Is it subconscious in the sense that like it's in their interest? <laughs> it's in their interest to be the center. Well, the you know, I, the ironic mind. thing I, I should say on that is um, that, that FIDE has come up with their own online titles. Like you can yeah. now get, you can now become a FIDE arena that's what they call it, the online arena you can be an arena im an arena gm um, it's actually quite ridiculous because to become like an im you need like a 1700 blitz rating or some like random random <laughs> yeah, number it's right. really it's really low um mm -hmm. but they are selling these titles online um so it's funny that fide is doing it because i think it totally it totally devalues um their own <laughs> their own titles and it, I mean, it it's also actually look like clowns because they implement it so badly yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in terms of just um, like, you know, businesses doing evil things, like I've seen some of their Facebook ads and they their ads are 
are predatory. They're like, want to become titled? Like, become an arena international master today. And then arena is like small and international master is big. So if you're like, uh, you know, club player, 1200, you see the words international master, like grandmaster, you don't know the difference like arena GM, like you don't realize this is like a phony title. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. Um, So... Yeah, thankfully, I like honestly haven't seen chess.com doing that. And I think part of the reason is because it's like, uh, you know, there, it's like real players working there. Like Danny, he's he's an IM. I feel like, I don't know, I, I think if you're a title player, you have a little bit of an aversion to making uh, an online title. But I agree with you, David. I agree that it would be a good idea for them. I think they started, I mean, they started with these uh, these leagues. I think that's definitely a start where you now have like kind of something to play for. Um, with mm-hmm. your with your online rating, other than just the number, um, so it's probably just a matter of time before they do bite the bullet and just kind of introduce their own titles. And, and by the way, I think let me just add one point to this, David. So yeah. the, maybe the main reason, I, and I, I should have prefaced this at the very beginning, but like the main clue to me is like how this is killing over the board is they don't have a classical rating. Their little rapid thing is like fifteen minute games. So you got loads of the, their, their longest time control are these rapid games. And so, of course, you're killing what at least I regard as the heart of chess if you don't even have a classical rating and you have these rapid things. And then we're affected by it too. Like in our, our training program, we have loads of people that have chesscom rapid ratings. And a lot of those people are you know playing 15-minute games. And they don't know the difference and they're confused by me telling them that they need to play longer games. So that's to me is like this huge push that chess.com has done to just say nope <laughs> no chess chess is blitz chess you know and and blitz to my mind by the way is blitz chess is online chess you know i if i'm going to play blitz i want to play it online you know i don't need to go to some tournament to go play blitz right um anyway so i just wanted to say that yeah well i just i just wanted to point out when Kosti was talking that like it's incredible that chess.com would have more respect for the actual FIDE titles than FIDE itself would. I uh, mean, yeah. just just abysmal for them to be doing <laughs> such That's things. what it seems they're like. supposed to be the stewards of, <laughs> of this stuff. I think chess.com, they should have separate titles for classical and blitz online. I think they need to institute a classical uh, rating on chess.com, mm-hmm. something that's come up many times. Um, but they need to have a classical rating and then have titles associated with the classical rating and separate titles associated with uh, like your blitz rating. Right. But there we're maybe moving too far off our topic into like cool things that chess.com could do and which I think mm-hmm. they will eventually get to because I think these are such strong ideas. If you mm-hmm. think about what motivates people to play in OTB chess, the hunt for titles is huge, right? So like imagine mm-hmm. if you added that as a dimension to online play, you know, with norms and all that. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, let's go back to Jesse's questions. So is chess.com trying to kill OTB? Kosti and I say. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was I was thinking on that a bit more. And yeah, actually, if anything, it's like, I was really like, honestly, I think they're helping it. Like we did, we did see a bit of a boom post the, the pandemic um, with more people uh, in tournaments. Um, I've definitely started to get recognized more like infinitely more at tournaments compared to mm. what it used to be um so th- they definitely kind of grown the um like awareness and like attention uh for for players and, and streamers and stuff 
Um, but yeah, also like, you know, they have all these like celebrities that are like getting into the game and like playing chess. Okay, usually it's like on the app, like on their phone or something. But a lot of these folks are like then playing like OTB or, you know, they post a picture where they've got like a physical chess board set up. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, growing online chess is helpful for OTB chess mm. uh, inevitably. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next thing, right? Jesse's maybe still yeah. thinking about it, but Kosti and I are <laughs> nose on this one. The next question <laughs> that Jesse has for us in this, uh, you know, is is there something evil going on here um, topic is, is the streamer exclusivity, meaning that uh, chess.com has these streamers who are supposed to only show chess.com products on their streams without some special permission for an exception. Right. Is that stream exclusivity clause, is that like a bad thing or an evil move by chess.com, right. Right? right? Right, right, And I think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see if after they become the full monopoly, we can, we've disagreed, obviously, on the term monopoly, but after they buy Play Magnus, will they be a little bit more lenient about it? And so maybe I'll just say one cool thing about being in the chess world. Let me say, I've been in three different worlds in my life. I was in the academic world and I was, let's say in the writerly world, both because I wrote a novel and I hung out with a bunch of writerly people. And then I've been in the chess world. The academic world and the writer world are evil places because they're, they're, they're <laughs> markets that aren't expanding. They're in fact shrinking. And when you're in a shrinking marketplace, people are evil. <laughs> they do evil things. They're like elbowing each other they're like someone else is trying to come up and they're like no they're trying to give like a little morsel off your plate and they're like no you can't have that that's my spot get out of here whereas and same and even worse in the writing world oh my god even worse no one's helping anybody so then in the chess world it's been really cool especially the last couple of years where people have been really cool about helping other people grow this whole thing grow the game it's actually very cool like for example I'm doing a stream. I raid somebody. I'm not even thinking that I'm giving people to a fellow streamer or whatever. I'm in competition. No, please go over there, watch this guy, whatever. Fine. So there's been a very cool atmosphere. And I think that's not because chess players are cool. They are cool. <laughs> but, but I think the reason for that is because we're in this expanding marketplace. So people can feel more generous with their competitors and not as elbowy, right? So then it really uh, strikes me as cruel when chess.com does this exclusivity stuff. And it's like, bro, <laughs> come on, man, come on. And so just, if you're listening, you don't know what we're talking about. For years, I've been trying to do like streams with, uh, let's say Chessable or streams where I do something on Lee Chess. I have some files on there. The Chess Dojo has some files on Lee Chess. Uh, chess Base, uh, I want to do stuff on there on stream. And, and they've all said no, except recently. And maybe this was just a mistake of one of their minions. But one of their minions said I could go with chess base. And then I asked again, and they were like, chessable, no, can't do chessable. So um, that's felt really weird. And I'm hoping that that changes. But that felt like this really cruel turf war stuff that ultimately I don't think is in their best interest. I don't think it's in your best interest to do that because it does make you seem evil. And if you share, especially in an expanding marketplace, you just share with other people, they're going to reciprocate and do things for you. So 
it's both a problem and something I'm looking forward uh, to see how they change with that, because I think this is a critical point in their history. Obviously, they're going to change both with this a private equity company getting them and then acquiring play magnus so obviously it's a chance for their culture it's a, it will be a decisive point in their how their culture evolves yeah so let me um let me clarify one thing here so i do think uh trust.com used to be a lot more lenient about this especially in regards to like uh like using chess space um mm -hmm. on stream but a big difference you know it happened like maybe like two years ago or so was, you know, they installed this automatic embed on their site. And I think that's been the cause of, for a lot of these issues. Because in the past, it's like, uh, you know, to get promoted on chess.com, you have to sign up for like chess TV. You got to like pick your slot, you tell them what you're doing, and then they put you up. Now they embed all their streamers all over the site automatically, which is a great thing. It's, it's, it's one of the best things I think they've done for, for streamers because now you just go live as a chess.com streamer and your stream will get uh, shown to at least a few more few more faces and it's rotating and uh, okay, there have been arguments about like who gets you know the, the biggest share of the embed, but um, our stream has definitely benefited from uh, you know it, be, it being presented on people's like homepage or chess TV or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, but then the issue that that presents, which I think, is very very valid from chess.com's point of view is that if we're you know on stream and not using their site and we're on like chessable lee chess you know using chess base you know why would they why would they put put us up on their embed right like it makes no sense um like i'm not saying uh that uh it's a great idea that they have this exclusivity but certainly makes no sense for them to promote us if we're just going to be using like uh a rival site, at least while we're streaming that site. Um, and so yeah. it kind of ties their hands a little bit with this automatic embed thing, because, um, uh, you know, in a general sense, I, I'm with you. I would love to just be able to stream whatever, you know, chess sites and, and, and softwares I want, and then just have them promote me, you know, when I'm using uh, chess.com. And that's how Lee Chess does it. For Lee Chess, you put leechess.org in your stream title, and they'll promote you. They'll promote you on their page. If you don't do it, they won't promote you because, you know, they, I think they're scanning like the, the Twitch titles, um, but it's it's a very simple system and it, it makes sense. But yeah, with chess.com, it's a little bit different again, just because of this this automatic um, embed thing. And before that was installed, I, I think they had a lot of fewer issues when we were like using um, chess base uh, and uh, yeah, okay. Not so much with Chessable and Lee Chess, those are pretty direct competitors, but hopefully Chessable will, will change soon. Yeah, I mean, you have to ask yourself this this question: What does Chess.com get out of the streamers, right? Like, if they help to publicize your stream, what are they getting in return for it? And I think the only thing that they're getting in return for it is that the streamers are using Chess.com and thus showing people, you know, to use Chess.com basically. So then, if you don't do that, it's like, why are they? You know what? What's what's the nature of the agreement if the if the streamer then doesn't use chess.com? Well, we are also creating content for their <laughs> creating good content for their page where we're usually using chess.com. I mean, you know, that's what we are doing for them for yeah, free. The question is how how usually are we doing it on are we doing it as chess.com? I mean, as far as like creating content, like we're creating the content 
for ourselves and the fact that there's an embed on their page, I mean, that's that's not generating anything for chess.com. That's them trying to direct traffic to us. It's something they came up with to try to support and help streamers. And so what we do for them is using chess.com. And, you know, if they knew that people were loyal and trying to promote their things, but occasionally doing something else, I think you could have a way where that would where that would work, but that requires sort of person to person sort of figuring things out and talking to each other and saying like, look, I want to do this one thing, but yes, I'm always telling people to sign up on chess.com or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, people as, as big as like Hikaru, they've done like Lee chess events and stuff. And I guess there was maybe some drama behind the scenes. I'm not really sure, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, usually those things get, get um, worked out. Um, so yeah, I guess like the bigger question to me is, so I, I, I get totally get it. Um, from their point of view, again, it's just like technologically, they kind of have to um, be pretty strict about it because they can't just be um, hands-on, one-on-one with every single one of their streamers and be like, all right, you know, Tuesday, I'm going to be streaming chess.com. You can promote me. Wednesday, I'm going to be doing something else. Don't put me on the embed, you know, Thursday and et cetera. Yeah. That would just be right. way too hectic. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in general, I don't know. I've never thought it was... Uh, a huge deal like the streamer mm. exclusivity thing like the the signing of the the contracts i think it uh it makes sense um it's like chess.com is trying to help streamers and they're also yeah i mean they got to get something out of it i mean otherwise it's not just like a you know just a donation um from them so yeah and um uh so yeah i think the terms have always made sense and also it's like we're not bound by it. Like we chose to enter the agreement. <laughs> so people, I don't know, they always make it seem like chess.com is like forcing streamers <laughs> to use their site. It's like, no, they're not, they're not forcing us where, you know, we could leave the agreement whenever we want. It's just, it's also been in our best interest uh, to stick with it. They, you know, they promote the channel. We generally use their site anyway, you know, for like analysis boards and, and playing and stuff. So um, it's always made sense from, from our point of view. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Actually, in an ideal world, it'd be great if all the sites were friends and <laughs> we could just do whatever we wanted. Yeah. Honestly, historically, the exclusivity thing that I didn't like was when there were sort of like chess.com or play or, or, or play Magnus players who would not play on tournaments or events on the other site. Right. Because so chess.com for a number of years, their flagship event was this, um, what what did they end up calling it? They're sort of blitz championship, right? The speed knockout. chess championship. Speed chess championship, they called it, right? Okay. I used to call it the death matches. But anyway, um, you know, and they would have like a knockout bracket of eight and then later 16, like really, really top players. And, uh, you know, the final would be like Magnus beats Hikaru. And it was amazing. Awesome, you know? And then Play Magnus started to grow and develop its own ideas. And Magnus stopped playing in the chess.com events. He stopped playing in speed chess championships. He stopped playing in the pro chess league, et cetera. And that was a move, which I thought was, was pretty unfortunate. Um, mm -hmm. And chess.com had always been very free about people who do content for chess.com can do content for any other website, right? Like if you want to make videos for chess.com, you can also make videos for, ICC or whoever else you can 
write articles for other people. You can do whatever you want. You can play on other sites. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think it was like the Play Magnus group that started that sort of like, you know, signing deals with players to only use their site, um, for, you know, and only play in their events and stuff like that. So um, I don't really, yeah, I don't see anything particular to fault chess.com with on mm. this. Um, it would be nice if you could work out one-to-one with the partner manager, like a deal for like, okay, one day a month, we're going to do this, or we've got one pass and, you know, try not to promote us that day or whatever. It would be nice if you could do that. Um, but I think that speaks to the limits of the technological capabilities or the individual capabilities of you know, the partnership management team to talk with and negotiate such things um, with all the different streamers. Um, not not some like, you know, will to be, will to do things incorrectly or to be, or to be nasty about it. Uh, let me just briefly address something in chat because many people who listen to this will mm-hmm. have the same question. Did we talk about the stuff with the cheating and the chess.com drama and all that? And we didn't. And the point was we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> it's and, own and thing. That show's not and even have, over yeah. yet. But I think the only thing that I want to bring that in for this dis- current discussion is when we have the tribal divide between people who think chess.com is evil and those who don't, that is one of the decisive events in creating that barrier between one tribe and the other. Um, so in this question of is chess.com evil, like that was one of the instances where what I saw online, by the way, is people who are normally like, I think politics and tribal stuff can make you stupid. It can make you, make you blind like you because then all of a sudden all of your assumptions just fit into whatever you know, good or evil thing you have in your mind categories. And so I saw very intelligent people saying things, uh, presuming truth where they clearly didn't know what the truth was. It's simply based on their tribal affiliation. And so I think that's a big part of the, let's call it the social, the social economy or whatever, you know, the social world in which we live in where chess.com, it's not just a question of did they do moral things good or bad, but then they have this question of being the big bad ogre who is sometimes not, people don't feel is necessarily transparent. Um, So anyways, that's a big, you know, thing that came up and I think is going to continue to split the chess world in two. And today was interesting, of course, because I was, I was facing, I was putting, I think, pretty mild complaints on chess.com and I was talking to two chess.com apologists. <laughs> I was talking to two apologists, which is fine. Maybe we'll get a fire breather on the show at some time, a Lee Chess fire breather. Then they'll come at you guys. <laughs> I don't have super strong feelings about it, but I do think this is an interesting turning point for chess.com and their culture. And they could become evil. And in particular, I don't know, evil. I don't, again, I don't want to stress that word too much, but like, we, like we said before about this decision to play uh, to buy play Magnus at the exorbitant price at which they bought it, they are going to have to fire everybody. And then all those sites that people were using, whether it was new in chess or Everyman or Chessable, all those sites are going to get cut down uh, right. to be something else than they were before. And people will say that chess.com was evil, but if chess.com hadn't bought play Magnus, those sites would have also been gone. So 
No, they wouldn't have been gone. They would have been eaten up or continued in their own little existence, you know. I mean, we don't know exactly, but yeah. I mean, pre- presumably chess.com will, you know, keep more of the parts that were operating well and that would have been more likely to keep going on their own and mm-hmm. might might stop supporting some things that were really dragging Play Magnus down and that that would have found it on their own or 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 been left out. Yeah. Left by the wayside. I don't I don't know that it'll be chess.com's I don't know that it would be a sign of evil if chess.com closed down some of those things. If we speak about, you know, hypothetical future actions. Well, I mean, I, what what would you do if you if you were buying Play Magnus? I mean, I went to bought it, but but what would well, you do if there's some if there's some group of Play Magnus that's just losing money? Well, I think this is one of the interesting questions is when that is kind of interesting going forward is like one of the ways in which it's a mistake to become a monopoly is it feels like when when you're str- any company right wants to gain market share and it feels like oh that's the thing we should be doing and then at the end of the day the end goal of gaining market share is gaining all the market share um, but then when you do it like monopolies when you look historically they generally don't end well <laughs> it's just like a bad thing like it doesn't go well for the monopoly is what i mean Usually the monopoly runs into its, it becomes its own worst enemy and nobody likes it, you know, so it then creates a bad uh, feeling for the monopoly. So I think one of the interesting things about this decision is it, it, it probably was not the right decision from a variety of standpoints and especially from the one of it's bad for its own culture uh, as a company to become a monopoly. And obviously, we just say, if you're just tuning in now, we've disagreed on whether they are a monopoly. But there it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to, um, to bring up your earlier point, Jesse, I think um, you mentioned, like, the perception is also important. And, and I think it is. I think that because chess.com is, like, now very big and very powerful, they have to be extremely careful about, you know, how the things they do are perceived. Because people are going to be extremely uh, kind of um, scrutinizing uh, with them. And I think a lot of people did look at the Han situation uh, with with it being like a David versus Goliath kind of situation right. with Hans being yeah, kind of right, right. like picked on and, and, and bullied by Chess.com, uh, Magnus, Hikaru, et cetera, and, and so on, which I don't think was like such an unreasonable kind of like mm, reaction to have. You know, it is like a 19-year-old kid. Um, but uh, okay, that story was super messy and we've already, <laughs> we've already discussed it uh, a lot, so I won't get into it. Um, but yeah, I would agree that the perception is certainly very important. Um, I think that in general, because of the way things are skewed right now, then yeah, like any little thing chess.com does immediately just invites just like a firestorm uh, of outrage, um, which, yeah, I think, right, should be saved for um, like the, you know, the big stuff. Um, so... Yeah, we'll have to do, um, you know, maybe we'll do a further uh, cheating discussion uh, another time because they started like, uh, you know, like revealing info and yeah, there's going to be this lawsuit and and all that stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say as a last thing, you know, I think it's great that uh, Lee Chess is still around. I think Lee Chess is definitely a very viable competitor. I think there's a ton of people on Lee Chess and they do a lot of the same stuff chess.com does like they have tournaments they got clubs they have studies you know uh i think that's very important and um i feel like 
kind of, yeah, prevents chess.com from like taking over everything because people always have an extremely viable option. And if chess.com just started doing like outrageous things, you know, just uh, like raising prices and uh, like, like, like extremely high and, and uh, like screwing people over and, and messing up with contracts, like all this stuff. It's like, yeah, people just like switch over. Like they do have another option, which I think is important. Okay, cool. Let's leave it there. We'll come back.